1: First it was toilet paper, then it was patio furniture and heaters, and now we are being warned about another shortage, Christmas trees. And with many more people staying at home rather than traveling and everyone trying to make their home more beautiful and comforting, the demand for natural trees is already up around 25%. We're getting warnings there may not be enough to go around. So what do you think? Do you get a Christmas tree? Do you get a natural Christmas tree? Are you thinking of maybe pivoting from the fake Christmas tree or artificial, excuse me, uh, to a real one? And uh, what do you think? Do you have to rush out and get it now? 416 360 Toll free one 740 And right now, let's go to Rob Keane, the CEO of Forests Ontario and Shirley Brennan, Executive Director of the Christmas Tree Farmers of Ontario. Hello and welcome. Good. Hello. Let's begin with Shirley. So, um, this is something that didn't start yesterday. The growers cut the amount that they were growing during the, the financial crisis, 2008, and it takes 10 years to grow a tree. And in recent years, demand has been going up, correct? That's correct. Um, a, a up anywhere between
2: 15 and 20%. Um, we have seen growth every year for the
1: last five years at least. How, uh, and uh, it, have you've already presumably seen a bigger demand this year? Yes, this year we
2: have farms that have already closed for the season because they have sold their allotted trees for this year. We've seen wholesalers uh, know that they were going to be sold out in July because that's when orders start coming in. It has just been an amazing year and the demand is about 25%. But a lot of that 25% is new people coming out that have not ever had a Christmas tree, a real Christmas tree.
1: And uh, is is it possible that it's just a matter of people getting their trees early? That's part of it.
2: Part of it is people are getting their trees early um, with the pandemic being a target that is moving at all times. I think a, a little bit of fear is in there. We We need that tree beforehand. It is also, you know, we have put it out in the media to, you know, be proactive and get that tree and don't wait until the end. But it's also because people want something. They want hope. They want to hold on to something. They want to get their families outside and create those memories that they've always had or to start new ones. And that's what we're seeing.
1: Rob Keene, you're trying to encourage people to get a real tree as opposed to uh, an artificial tree.
3: Absolutely, Libby. Uh, We certainly know that... You know, the beauty of real trees, uh, the fragrance of them and the fact that they're 100 percent biodegradable make them a much more environmentally friendly choice than, than the fake trees or the artificial trees, as you said.
1: And uh, how how long does a tree last? I, I've been wondering if if you get the tree early, uh, is it going to be nice by the time Christmas rolls around or is it you know going to start uh, looking like it's had its day?
3: Surely they, they will last. There's certainly some species that will last a little bit longer than others. Uh, but one of the key things is to make sure when you're picking out your, your tree that it's nice and fresh. Um, the, the, uh, the twigs of the tree are supple. and When you bend them slightly, they don't break. If you if you go to the end of the, the branch of the twig and you, you do bend it and it snaps off, that's a really bad sign. You can also tell by the freshness of the tree just by giving it a gentle shake. And if you get an excessive number of needles that fall off, and it's probably not that fresh. A few you know, a few needles are expected. The big thing with, with keeping the tree fresh and looking great and smelling great is to, uh, when you get it set up in your house, cut up a very small cookie on the bottom of the tree. Uh, and that allows water to be absorbed up into the tree much quicker and uh, more readily. And certainly watering the tree daily will keep it nice and fresh for a lot longer.
1: Uh, okay, um, it can be very difficult to test uh, anything on a tree. They're kind of wrapped.
3: Yeah, you can, you know, and they are wrapped well. That's uh, for shipping purposes. But you can still, you know, if you if you reach in through the wrapping, through the web, and you can, uh, you know, grab a couple little branches there just to see how supple they are, and that's uh, again one way to tell just how fresh that tree is.
1: Okay, I want to give the numbers out again. I would like to hear from people about uh, whether they're changing their tree habits. Are you getting it early? Are you getting a real one instead of a uh, an artificial one? Are you getting it earlier? Uh, you know, are you worried about a shortage? 416 360 740 Toll free. 1-866-740-4740. Uh, I, I kind of have to confess my, my bad here because um, my husband, Wanted to get a tree on the weekend, uh, not so much because of a shortage, but he wanted to get it before it snows. And I weighed in, not that I am any expert on trees, and said, Oh, but it won't, it, it'll be, you know, it'll be dried out by Christmas. And uh, then we got news about the shortage, and, you know, my bad. <laughs> Uh, so and and then I said, you know, why am I even talking about Christmas trees? I certainly did not grow up with them. Um, and uh, honey, wh- wh- why did you even listen to me? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, what are you seeing in the places that sell them, Shirley? So, um, so
2: some of the things that we're we're seeing is that the corner lots tend to be the ones that are are reporting that they have um, not had the trees that they expected to come in or that they have gone a lot quicker. And then they have some that aren't even able to open due to the restrictions of COVID. But at our farms, we're showing that We worked from January right through until opening opening day, working with each individual public health to put safety protocols in place. And it's been very positive, the the comments we've got through the media and also through people calling my office and talking at the farms. They've been very happy to see the, the protocols in place and know that there's trees out there. And we're educating people that, like Rob said, there are different types of trees, and we're educating people on you might not be able to get that Fraser fir. You might have to have a different type of, of tree, but you still could get that tree, and that's what we're seeing. A lot of people It's been, been very positive.
1: Uh, for people who uh, aren't up to going out to a farm, I'm, I'm assuming that in town, basically the place to get them is uh, at a supermarket that sells trees, because otherwise, who's open?
2: Well, there's, there's, there are corner shops, but there are farms also that have put in place curbside pickup and also uh, they've put a, done a, a delivery service. So there are a lot of options for Christmas, people that want the real tree this year because the farms have really put together different ideas just so that You know, when we're planning in July, we're looking at every possible scenario. And so we came together and and worked worked it out. So there are a lot of options for people.
1: I am talking to Shirley Brennan, executive director of the Christmas tree farmers of Ontario and Rob Keane, the CEO of forest Ontario, the numbers. If you'd like to tell me what your Christmas tree plans are 416 toll free one 866 740 And, uh, Shirley, you were talking about uh, some species selling out before others. And uh, I, which, are, which are the most sought after Christmas trees that are going quickly?
2: Everybody loves a Fraser fir. Um, and that seems to be the one that we have the most demand for and the shortage on. And, and part of that is because the Fraser fir doesn't grow at every farm. So, depending on soils and climate, it really does uh, play a factor in who can grow Fraser firs. So the Fraser fir is the sought-after one, but there is so many other uh, fir trees, Canaan fir, Concolor fir, a Douglas fir, Balsam fir. Um, Nova Scotia is the balsam fir capital of Canada. And so we have all these different types of fir trees, if that's what your heart is set on. We also still have... The spruce tree, whether it's the white, the blue, or the emerald. And then we have, some people do still
1: like the pine trees. So uh, what, um, in terms of a look, what makes the Fraser firs so special, Rob Keen? And, and from an ecological point of view, is there a difference?
3: Certainly, certainly the look of them, you know, they're very, uh, they're very uh, conical. Uh, you know, so your typical Christmas tree look to it. I think the biggest thing, as Shirley mentioned earlier, the biggest thing about the firs are the fact that they do hold onto the needles quite a bit longer, uh, than perhaps the spruce or the pines do. Um, and again, the fragrance is, is just excellent. Uh, a balsam fir, uh, the, the fragrance of balsam fir is just incredible. So, yeah, so I think it's the, from an ecological perspective, you know, I think they're all grown for the purpose of being Christmas trees and uh, so there's you know there's very little ecological footprint associated with growing those but certainly from an environmental perspective again you know the real christmas trees because they're biodegradable they really are the, the most environmentally appropriate choice to make
1: so it would be the fraser fir is number one and next is uh, the balsam fir surely if it's if you're looking for a
2: fir tree if you're set on the fir tree yes it's You know the balsam fir is is very very close to the Fraser fir. The other types of fir trees, they're they're not as well known to people. So if somebody comes in and asks for a Douglas fir or a Canaan Canaan fir, they've they've done their their history on on types of trees and they know. That farm particularly sells those. But the, the Fraser Fir and the Balsam Fir are neck and neck. And, yeah, one has a shorter, rounder needle and one has a little bit longer, flatter needle. And, and it's, just, uh, it's just somebody's own opinion of w- which one is better. Give me an idea about the price. Well, um, uh, prices in Ontario can go, it, it, it's set by each farmer and each area. You'll find a different price in Windsor as you will in Ottawa. In the Toronto area, it's about anywhere between $60 and $75 for about an 8-foot tree. Now, that could, depending on if it's a retail store, that might be a little bit higher. It might be a little bit lower. Depends on where the trees came from. Uh, they may be from a wholesaler in Ontario. They may be a wholesaler in in Nova Scotia. So it it all depends. A lot of factors come into the price, but that's the general rule and about the average.
1: And that's for a Fraser fir. Yep. Yep. And are any of the other varieties cheaper?
2: No, they're about the same price. They're, it, they may fluctuate a couple of dollars, but the fir trees usually are about the same price. And then you may get a cheaper price, a little bit cheaper, uh, $5 maybe, on, on a spruce tree. Uh, but they usually, if you're looking at buying a tree at a tree lot, you're looking at usually fir trees.
1: Okay, and if you're looking, what what are the kinds that are carried at supermarkets? Because I'm thinking a lot of people live in uh, in the city, and are there smaller trees for people who live in condominiums? There is. So
2: one thing our industry prides itself on is we listen to what the consumer wants, and. And so when consumers said we're moving into condos or we're buying smaller houses in the city, that we, we, we still want that feeling. We still want to have that tree. So we have skinnies, we have minis, we have talls, we have shorts, we have fats. It all depends on. <laughs> I like on, a fat tree. <laughs> so do I, I think, I think it just, you walk into the room and it's right there. Right. Um, so, but, but we have a lot, and we work with what the consumers want. So a lot of people will, in condominiums or in the city, will get the tabletops. And they're about three to four feet high. They come with their own little stand, and they sit on a nice little table. And they are a fir tree, and people are just loving them.
1: And how much are those?
2: Um, again, they range in, uh, I've seen them for about $29, and I've seen them up to 45 Again, it all depends on where they've come from.
1: Okay. Now there there was a a feel good. Viral story surrounding a tree this year, and that of course was the story of the owl that was discovered inside that huge Rockefeller Center tree, which which was erected. Um, Rob Keene, is that something really unusual, or is is that something on a smaller scale that happens a lot?
3: Well, I think it. I really do think it happens a lot, Libby. Um, we've actually uh, had the good fortune to be able to donate the tree down to the distillery market each year and uh, it's quite incredible you, you get the tree there it's, it's 50 feet tall or so and all of a sudden all the birds are just going right inside the tree and nesting in there and you can hear them chirping away in the morning so it really does attract uh the birds to it and uh just giving them that a little bit of enclosure a little bit of safety i guess being within the tree so it's, it's great to hear it's such a it's such a fantastic uh, experience to be down at the facility and listening, listening to the birds within the tree.
1: And so, what what should people do? I've I've uh, I've never discovered a bird in our tree, <laughs> but uh, what should people do? I guess uh, try to get it to go outside.
3: Well, you know, it's what's interesting too, and what I like to do with uh, with our tree at the end of the at the end of Christmas is actually put it outside, and you can stand it up. And it does, if you have a bird feeder outside or such, it does act, act as a bit of a, a a home for the birds as they're going back and forth to the feeder. So it's a great, in my mind, a great use for that tree after the, the Christmas season.
1: And uh, what, did, what did you think when you saw that owl? It was so cute.
3: That's, uh, that's a great story. You know, I, I just, it really does show the the value of trees in wildlife habitat, uh, wherever they happen to be. They're, they're very much needed.
1: And so, Shirley, um, in terms of timing, what are you telling people? Uh, a lot of people wait usually until the middle of December to get their tree. Is that a bad idea?
2: it's not necessarily a bad idea, but I want people to to be aware that they may have to travel outside of their comfort zone or their neighborhood to find one. So if you typically have a local tree lot or a supermarket that has them, you may have to drive out to the country. So I, I, am not saying that people have to rush right out and we have lineups for Christmas trees, but you can get your tree safely at like today or last weekend when your husband wanted to go <laughs> and leave it outside. Make sure it's it's away from the elements. So, you know, if it's still in the netting and the baling, then leave it baled up so that if there's a wind, it's not going to break, break your branches. And then when you come in, like Rob said, you're going to make that fresh cut before you put it in water. So it's not too soon to get it and just keep it in a nice cool temperature until you're ready to bring it into house.
1: And what you were saying about the kinds of corner lots so in terms of those of us who are under lockdown those those places are not allowed to be open it's it's really a place that sells food as well as trees am i correct?
2: That I am I'm not aware of. I know that a lot of farms are doing and and a lot of Places are doing um, curbside and delivery pickups. So if, if there is a, a lot, it would be for um, uh, delivery or curbside pickup only. So the retail stores, the big box stores that have trees, they would be able to, uh, t- to my knowledge, um, we haven't been told anything different, they would be able to, yes, um, I don't think you will see a lot of corner, corner lots um, unless they've got specific approval from the city that they're in. And, and like I said earlier, every health unit has had a little bit different reaction and a little bit different information given to each area. So that would all depend on what they are allowed to do.
1: Uh, Rob, uh, before we go, what's your advice to people? We know they should cut uh, They should cut a bit to get some water up the tree. Some stands are sort of on a, a spiky thing. It, it is, that's not enough, is it?
3: Yeah, really good point, Libby. It, it, it's so important to make sure that when you put up your tree that it's nice and secure. Uh, so there are stands that are quite robust and you don't have a lot of clamps within them to make sure that you, you walk the tree down, the spike coming up uh, just, just, uh, does that. It just makes sure that the stump can't really move around in the stand. Um, but certainly, you know, when it's getting put up, make absolutely sure that it's uh, sturdy, uh, keep it away from any kind of heat sources. Again, the watering is extremely important to keep it nice and supple and fresh as, uh, going through the Christmas season.
1: Okay. And, uh, Shirley, what would you like to leave us with? I just want everyone to
2: have a uh, very safe and healthy Christmas and enjoy coming out, getting a real tree and, and, and having those memories and to thank everyone for letting our farmers be a part of your creating your memories.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Rob Keene, CEO of Forest Ontario and Shirley Brennan, Executive Director of Christmas Tree Farmers of Ontario. Thanks and Merry Christmas. Merry Thanks Christmas. So much, okay. And that is all the time we have for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.